Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that just wants to say Sigmund Freud, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Erwin Schrodinger, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Adolf Hitler. Your boys took one hell of a beating. On today's part, <laughs> we're largely looking beyond the international break. That may as well finish now because last night can't be topped. And asking a pertinent question as the season very much reaches its business end. What state are Manchester City in right now? Are we stuttering at the worst possible time? Or are we still in fine voice? Do you look ahead to a double header with Liverpool and Atletico, home and away, and think, bring them on? Or are there doubts and insecurities? Looking under the bonnet with me and checking the spark plugs, I'm joined today by three Friday favourites in the form of Howard, Harry, and Ali. Hi, Howard. You well? Uh, yeah, fine, thanks. Sun's out. And yeah, you did go there. So. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I second-guessed with that list going. I wonder who he's going to do yeah. last. Yeah, <laughs> I, I second-guessed myself right at the last minute there, to be honest. He, he was Austrian. I, I know he was. Fact, just, yeah, factually, he was Austrian. There's no, yeah, there's nothing else to be said. <laughs> um, Ali, are you well? I'm good, Dad. You could have gone with Gustav Klimt. You know that. <laughs> you know what? I was looking around for like a funny one, just like it. You know, I, I, I generally... I'm mean, God, as if I'm not in trouble enough with Austrians already after saying that. They're not a funny race. <laughs> Gustav yeah. play at left back, by the way. <laughs> they're they're um, only really there to make the Germans look human. <laughs> uh, I didn't say that, everyone. Just because. <laughs> I've just typed in famous Austrians. It's come up with Kylie Minogue. So. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I'm bound to the dog. <laughs> Harry, are you there? Are you well? Yes, yes, I'm good, mate. That was that was some start. By interest, did you have a list of Welshmen in case the Welsh were knocked out last night? Uh, it would have been too as long as my arm. I mean, we're a talented country, and I, I couldn't. You know, there's Max Boyce, and then there's there's that, yeah, Max Boyce fella. <laughs> Plenty of musicians, to be fair. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kelly Jones. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, let's get to. Um, City, um, and kind of a general discussion really to kick things off with, um, because after this international break, things get heightened, things get intense, there's a lot of drama around this corner, um, we've got obviously Burnley, we've got a double header with Atletico, a double header with Liverpool, that's uh, one hell of a fortnight, so straightforward question, I'll start with you Howard, how are you... First of all, are you glad that you've got a break before all this comes? And then how, how are you feeling about that fortnight? I mean, breaks are pointless, really, because you're just putting it off, aren't you? I yeah. Honestly, I've not thought about it, but obviously I will be. Yeah. And honestly, another honestly, I'm thinking about Burnley above everything else. Well, I was going to say, basically, as cliched as it is, is it a case of just starting with, with a clarity? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's, it really is one at a time. Like one at a time. What's the next game? I'll be nervous for that. Then I'll be nervous for the next one. Then the one after that. Yeah. And the three points against. I know Liverpool. You could call it a six pointer as such, but every single game is as important as you know the others. Really, we have to pick up points and stay ahead of them going into the Liverpool game. Would be huge, to be honest. Just you know, in my mind, at least psychologically. I don't want to be playing Liverpool second in the table, though, of course, by the time the game starts against Burnley, uh, we may be second in the table. I don't know if that has an effect on the team. I, honestly, I, I, 
I'm saying it now and it'll be a complete lie because I'll feel different when it comes around. I'm quite serene about it. And mm. I think that's because the world's just falling apart and I'm not gonna, I'm not putting everything on football ruining my life for once. So if it, you know, I think you've said it before on a podcast. If Liverpool go and win 18 games or whatever on their own, fair dues. Yeah. Mm. And I'm quite excited about what happens after this summer. You know, transfer market and how the squad will look and we'll get to that later. That I'm kind of like, you know, I will try and enjoy it when it comes around. Okay. Uh, I think, well, I, I'm saying that now, I'll probably be a nervous wreck, but at the moment, I'm pretty calm, to be honest. Well, normally I kind of try and ask a question each of you, but I'm going to stay with you, Howard, on this and ask, who are you and what have you done with Howard? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's these vitamin tablets that we take. Ali, are you you also serene, Ali, or are you kind of... Uh, um, No, I'm in need of some of Howard's vitamin tablets. Yeah, same, same. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm okay because I'm I'm in fairly confident... Not confidence, the the wrong word. I'm I'm, um, feeling about as happy with how things could unfold as I I realistically could expect, expect to be. Um, and I am trying really hard to enjoy it. This is why we build up the entire season towards yeah. March, April, May. Uh, everything that could happen now is you know, stomach churningly, uh, nerve wracking, and, and uh, you know, a little bit scary. But ultimately, it's what it's all about. It, you know, I would much rather be here coming into this line of fixtures we've got about got coming up now than the alternative, which is that we've been out of everything since December. Um, yeah, I would rather be City at this point than United, put it that way. Um, Harry, really, I mean, it's always an important consideration for any kind of you know, top-class manager, uh, mm-hmm. how they kind of employ their squad. But right now, this is a big factor, isn't it? How Pep goes and utilises his whole squad, which he's going to have to do, really, for kind of five big games in the space of a fortnight. Um, or is it a case where you basically go strong? You have to go strong for every game, surely. So yeah. how, how do you think he'll balance that out, kind of, you know, g- giving everyone, not overly kind of um, stretching it, the squad, but at the same time, you know, going strong for each game? Yeah, I, I don't think it's much of a shock for me to say that I don't think the team will change that much coming right. into these sort of games. Uh, I think it was actually around this time last season where Pep said, he was post Southampton that the big boys will play and the rest will sit on the bench and that caused that massive kickoff with with Sterling. Mm. Um, so I think Pep will have already decided his, his starting lineup mostly, I'd say, and any issues he will just sort of work around that mainly to sort of Diaz's fitness and, and when we can sort of integrate him back in. Uh, maybe the only uncertainty at the moment is his centre back spot, uh, and then the partner uh, that joins him, and then maybe one spot, other spot in the strikers. You know, if you think Mares and Foden are you are you starters at the moment, maybe that other spot still is up for grabs because I'm not entirely sure myself who deserves to start there in the in the biggest games at the moment. But I think the rest of the team sort of picks itself at the moment. Um, but I, I, I don't know at the moment. It's it's a bit of a weird one. I, I'm a bit conflicted on the squad because. I don't know. I don't know about you lot, but it just feels like at the moment there is a bit of a gap in quality between the, the starting lads and the the sort of backup options. And I don't know if that's sort of induced by Liverpool having five forwards who are all coming on and contributing with loads and loads of goals. Mm. But it just feels like at the moment. I mean, the FA Cup at the weekend, of course, Mares and and Foden sort of did the business when they came on. It just feels like there is a bit of a gap in quality. Oh well, not maybe not quality, maybe form between them in the starting lineup and the 
sort of reserve-ish team at the moment. Well, I mean, I'll throw that over to the other lads. I think that, that kind of covers what we're going to cover today. So how would, would you agree with that? Do you think there is kind of, um, you know, a, a gap in, in impact, we sh- as we should say, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wonder if it's, if I'm clouded there, my judgment's clouded by my pessimism in a way that, if, you know, every time... I don't know. Liverpool win a game. It's you don't see it objectively in a way. You, yeah, I mean I they mean. scored one against Notts Forest and weren't very good in that. I know mm. they, a couple of players were rotated, but so did we. And we scored four at St Mary's, which you've never done in fourteen visits there before. So I do. If I, you know, if I'm going to pick out where we may lose, say the league, it is the ability to put it in the net, but. I don't know. It's, can I just say it's impossible to call what lies ahead? Absolutely impossible. Mm. I, I just so, want to say... For Liverpool, Liverpool, for City, for... I mean, it's carnage, and schedule-wise, it's carnage. They've got Bayern Munich if they get to the semi-final. They've got the schedules for both teams. You don't know who's going to get injured. It's absolutely impossible to really say, I think this is how it will play out. The only way you could do that, if we just had league games... And we looked at the fixtures, but the fixtures at the end of a season never turn out how you think either. So it really is just so hard to call. It's just a case. That's why I think just look towards the next game. Harry? Yeah, I, d- I just want to say, sort of to back up what I was saying, that in the games that Liverpool have been struggling, it's not just been the same source who's been sort of digging them out recently. I think Brighton, it was Diaz, uh, Nottingham Forest, it was Jota, at Arsenal, it was Firmino. Against Norwich, when they went 1-0 down, it was Mane. And obviously, Salah scores for fun as well. It feels like when they're sort of under the cost, there is goals coming from all over that front line, where it feels like in big moments at the moment, it is only a certain few for City. That's the reason I brought that up. But I don't want to completely discredit the squad. Of course, the, the fantastic players, and they've all contributed to what is so far a great season. Look, we're sitting here and we're still on course for a treble. So I, I don't want to discredit the squad entirely, but just... At this running form at the moment, but like their forward line is contributing on a more rounded basis than ours. Yeah, but you say one for trouble, but the most important one of all is the one that we've let slip. So, yeah, of course, <laughs> Cameron Bowser. <laughs> I mean, City are one. Look, if you go better tight, City are one to two. I think for the league title. Mm. Whereas if you go on Twitter. Liverpool have already won the title. Yes, so so, ten to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. Let's just step back and say City are remain clear favourites for the title. And that's yeah. Bucky's rarely get it wrong. Yeah, um, Ali, it, it's it's impossible to predict, of course. But when you look at those five games, it's hard to see City, you know, winning all five. I mean, how do you kind of feel about them? How do you think we'll fare? Looking at them as a collective group of games. <laughs> okay, I think I hope we can uh, blow away the the Champions League quarterfinal in the first leg. That would just make everything so much nicer and more comfortable and, and relaxing. Um, yeah, a really good first leg win against Atleti would would just make everything feel a lot easier. Um, and the Liverpool games. Um, yeah, logic and, and experience dictate that you would expect them to go different ways, that if, if we comfortably win the league game, we might lose the FA Cup, mm. the, you know, the other way the other way around, whatever it might be. Um, but this is football, and actually you can't assume that what happens in the past will happen in the future, and it is entirely possible that, that 
City go in and, and win all of these games quite comfortably. Um, and particularly if we uh, win the first Liverpool game, would make a, you know, if we were to properly dominate them um, the way we've done once or twice over the last few years, uh, I think that would have a huge impact on the second meeting. Yes. Yeah. Um, if the first, uh, if the, uh, I can't remember which one, it's the, uh, the cup ties first, isn't it? I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, league first. It's league first. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if, if the league game, it ends up as a really tight 1-1 or something, then I would not be able to predict how the FA Cup uh, uh, tie would, mm. would play out at all. Um, you know, anything could happen. Um, but if we blow them away, then I would make us very, very strong favourites uh, for, for that one too. But who knows? It's it's football. And, and yeah, um, when you look at these teams, I think we several of us have said in the past that I think if you were to put the City team and this Liverpool team up against each other 20 times. Um, my guess is City would win seven of them, Liverpool would win six of them, and the other seven would be draws. Uh, it, it's as close as that. So um, there's not a lot to, between the teams. But having said that, you know, it, it's not we're not playing them 20 times. We're, we're playing them twice in, in close succession there. Or... Um, Possibly a, a third one to come, and anything can happen because it's football. Yeah. What well, happens in the other game, Ali? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's early in the morning. Don't make me do that. Don't make me do that. The dancing thing that was for me to say. <laughs> oh, can you imagine Liverpool in the Champions League final? I Well, no. I, I'd quit the part. I, I would just quit. The, there's no way I want to be involved with that. Um, Okay, well, looking at that FA Cup semi-final, of course, the biggest story around that is off the pitch and just the mere fact that it's going ahead at Wembley, uh, given there's no trains, direct trains from Liverpool or Manchester that weekend. Apparently, the FA were informed about this over a year ago um, and City, the club, have now come forward and put on 50 coaches subsidised, so they're £40 ahead. Liverpool fans apparently have reacted badly to this, saying there's not enough bottles of Copperberg to throw at the all that. <laughs> so, your thoughts on this? Um, Ali, I'll stay with you. Kind of when this news broke, I don't have a high opinion of the FA, but even by the FA standards, this is a farce, isn't it? It's an absolute farce, but uh, I, I have never thought for a moment that they were going to do anything other than um, put it on at Wembley and probably put it on at Wembley at the least convenient time for fans they could possibly yeah. find. Because this is the FA and they always do that. Um, and there, there's there's a huge top-line issue, which is that they need every single penny they can get into Wembley in order to pay their mortgage. Yeah. Um, and they, they, the FA just can't afford to not hold these semi-finals at Wembley, and it was never, ever going to happen. Um, which is why even when they knew a year ago, they didn't even think about alternatives, and, and they've never even considered it. Um, personally, uh, I've got a slightly related but slightly different issue, uh, which is I've known since Christmas that I was going to be in London for the Easter weekend. Right. Uh, my, my 
uh, we were scheduled to do a family Christmas with my in-laws, my entire extended in-laws family um, over Christmas, which we cancelled because of the Omicron variant and elderly relatives and all the rest of it, and then rearranged it for the Easter weekend. So when I looked at these schedules, I'm like, oh, I'm in London that weekend, and then all the business about yeah, transport and all the rest of it. Um, all I was thinking is, you know, if they will just tell me what day and what time yeah. the semi-final is going to be on, yeah. I can hopefully arrange with all my in-laws and my beg permission from my wife and all that to be excused for a few hours to pop off from uh, somewhere near West Ham where my sister-in-law lives over to Wembley and I will be in my element. It'll be the best thing. It'll be my Christmas present coming like three, four months late. Um, but until they, they uh, you know, if, if they tell us it'll be a one o'clock kickoff on the Saturday, then I can arrange that. If they tell me it'll be a five o'clock kickoff on the Sunday, then I can arrange that too. But just tell me when the bloody game is. It's only two weeks away. Yeah. And it's Easter weekend. I, I can't be the only person with family commitments over the Easter by holiday weekend. Um, lots of people are trying to arrange family visits and the rest of their lives and, and everything else that has to be done. And and can you not just tell us when the bloody game is going to be? It's just insane that they, they can't make a decision. And um, I, I don't think I've ever noticed it taking this long and being this late and this uncertain when they're actually giving us the details of when a game is going to be. Uh, but come on, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's now three weeks away and, and they still haven't told us when the game is. And it's really just... Pull your fingers out, FA, please. Yeah. Just say you're popping out for some milk. And then... I know. Well, that, that was exactly my plan. <laughs> Come back nine hours later, <laughs> half cut. <Yeah. laughs> With no milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry, the FA, I mean, we don't hold it in the greatest esteem, um, rightly so, but everyone's against this. Everyone's saying this is ludicrous. Mm. City fans, Liverpool fans, all the kind of, you know, football authorities, all the, the fan organisations, and the media, everyone is collectively saying, FA, sort this out, this is a joke. And yet, they're not budging. Um, does that surprise you? Does it Does it really, is it further proof that we just don't matter ultimately as fans? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we needed any more proof of that, to be yeah. honest. Um, so I'm right. Did, did they start playing these at Wembley to pay it off? Yes. Is this the reason they started doing exactly it? Exactly that, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, well, there you go. It was never about lower leagues have, teams having a day out at Wembley, was it? It was no. It was a cash grabber. Um, but just obviously stating the obvious, totally normal world to Northwest side should play in the Northwest. Um, but even now you're just thinking like the FA should look at it and obviously with the trains cancelled and their prices is a conversation for another day uh, and the absolute ludicrous petrol prices at the moment for yeah. the, the game surely being moved more closer to home is, is sensible but you know you've just said it the FA really don't do sensible so Easter weekend as well so all that traffic the extra traffic I mean um, it's going to be absolute gridlock on the roads um, how would the official reason was it allowed semi-finals at Wembley which should never have happened anyway I would speculate the official reason was it gives the opportunity for more fans to go to the game Whereas the real reason really is it's a one hundred percent it was for, it's for a nine hundred million pound whitehouse yeah, yeah. that needs to pay exactly. it off yeah. and they've got huge liabilities the FA as well yeah. so it, I'd honestly just I don't want to sound patronised but just the the actual idea that the FA would actually agree to move this game I just like made me chuckle it's yeah. I hope I'm proved totally wrong but there is zero chance they are moving this game mm. whatever 
however difficult it is to get something they to do. They may well kind of move kickoff time. Um, you know, as Ali was saying there, they really, really need to well, come out today and, and say, but it's... FA most- Cup used to be at the end of the season, did it not? Yeah. The final, yeah. yeah. The final. But did the semi-finals always used to coincide? I mean, the finals before the end of the season as well, so... Is that mm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, that's why the the kickoff times get as well will never be like a 3 p.m., I don't think, ever a final again. And I, the semi-finals, there'll be league games. So, again, they'll probably use that as an excuse because the one thing the FA could do is at least put it at a nice time. And I bet they don't even do that. So, I just wondered in the old days if the FA Cup semi-finals used to be on the same day as league programmes as well. It's now that other games are going on at the same time, it just gives us an ex- excuse to just push it to late in the day, which will just make the situation even worse. I, I don't think they'll do that, because I, I, I think it's, it's their one chance of having you know a, a fifth of redemption here by saying, well, at least we've moved the kick-off time, it's now one o'clock on the Saturdays, which gives fans enough time. You know, it'll be... Something that they'll kind of cling to in that regard. So I should imagine they'll move the kickoff time to a more respectable time. I hope, anyway. Um, okay, let's wait and see on that one. Right, kind of looking back at City and kind of the state we're in right now. That's what kind of we're calling this pod, the state we're in. Not necessarily a negative state either, but certainly there's been a downturn in performances. Um, actually, I'll just start with, simply with that. Ali, would you go along with that? Would you say there's been a downturn in performances from City looking at say the last group of six or seven games to what's gone before it I wouldn't call it a downturn uh, there's been a little bit of a dip um, and there's been a dip in I think our fortune rather than our form or as much of our form um, If we take, we, we've had three uh, bad results I guess or, or at least two bad results and, and one slightly disappointing one hmm. um, the Spurs one was a nightmare that was just like write that off. That was a mare, but it was a while ago now, uh, and it's the kind of game that we don't really feature in very often, and it didn't feel like a very Manchester City match in any way. Um, you know, for a start, we don't come back from we don't come back from behind, and then when we do come back from behind, we certainly don't lose a last minute uh, winner. That's just not a Manchester City thing. So hopefully that won't happen again. Um, the uh, second leg against Sporting, um, as far as I'm concerned, that's what happens when you're 5-0 up at halftime. Uh, could not care less about that 0-0 against Sporting. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit dull, uh, but it was just playing out a tie that had to be played out and getting through it with nobody getting injured was the only thing that actually mattered. Uh, so couldn't care less about that one. And then the Palace one, I was less down on the Palace performance than I think most City fans that I'd heard from where um, over the course of the season, there will be a game or two where you have 28 attempts and goal. You pick the right lineup. You, everybody plays okay. And the ball hits the woodwork. The goalkeeper produces a couple of worldies. You miss a couple of sitters. And just the ball will not go in the back of the net. And you get to 90 minutes and you think we could have played for another 90 minutes and the ball still wouldn't have gone back in the net. It was just one of those days at the office. And I think the Palace game was like that. Um, but... There's a cliche in football, which is that you know, players and teams are only as good as their last game. Um, to an extent, it's, it's the other way around. Players are only as good as their next game. Um, and I don't think there's anything about any of the Manchester City performances as a team or the individual performances of the players that makes me think these guys will not produce a, a world-class performance next week. Um, when we've had proper downturns in form, 
you know, lasting, you know, several games, several weeks, maybe about a month when we've been playing badly. Um, you can look at the you can look at the team, you can look at the performances and see fundamental problems or you know, kind of like there are key players like well below form or there's a you know key players missing or or there you know there's a, a, a big kind of structural problem with how the team are playing. And it doesn't feel like that to me at the moment. It feels like we're in a position where we can go out and be the best team in the world next week. And there's absolutely nothing stopping that. Um, it might not happen, but we're in a position where it easily could. Uh, so in terms of comfort, in terms of what our form is, I think it's about fine for this time of year. Actually, it's really difficult for a team like Man City to be absolutely flying for three, four months yeah. on the trot. Um, the type of performances that we put in the, the first leg against Sporting um, and and... I can't remember who else we played at that time, but we had a few weeks when we were we were just hitting four past everyone and, and just looked absolutely unstoppable. Well, that's great when it happens, but you know those runs tend to happen for two or three games in a row. They don't happen for twelve games in a row. When you're playing, you know, twelve games in a row, you grind some games out and you have ugly ones, and you you know, hopefully win the ugly ones. And you don't have too many nil nils, you know, like the one we just saw. Um, so. In terms of the, the, the rhythm of a season, if you can put it that way, uh, we're kind of building up. We're just at the point where we can build up to a crescendo from here. Um, we haven't been at, you know, we haven't been peaking since Christmas, but that's fine. You can't peak since Christmas and I don't expect us to. Um, if you wanted the, uh, Manchester City team to be in a position where they could make a charge to the line over April and May, uh, that, uh, You'd want it to look about what it looks like at the moment. It's fine. Fingers crossed. All of that is depending on everyone coming back from international duty, fit yes. and healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harry, would you go along with that? Would you also say it's fine? Yeah. I mean, I think we're just sort of, again, I think we're just the standards of the Premier League over the last couple of years and what it's took to win the Premier League, especially with Liverpool. I think we're sort of conditioned by that and what we expect from that. You know, looking at the bare facts, we have dropped seven points since October. Five points have come recently, but again, seven points since October is, is still ludicrous for yeah. And I think it all just goes back to what we said at the top. You know, if Liverpool end up winning whatever it is on a row, 18 in a row, we might just have to sort of take our hearts off to them and just be like, yeah, well done, you know what I mean, and move on. Um, in terms of our own personal performance, it does feel like there's something missing. And I don't, I don't want to say a striker because I always get really bored when people say that. But it's just something at the top of the pitch that's sort of turning these draws or these sort of narrow wins into more emphatic wins. It does feel like this just needs that someone up there. Um, but yeah, like, like Ali said, it can just turn around in, 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 in the space of a night. We just batter someone and there we go, we're on a run again. Um, so I, I think I think the main thing is when the chips are down, I have got full faith in this squad to, to go on and, and do the business. So it's sort of a wait and see. So after the international break, I'm sure they'll all be fully focused and, you know, there's a couple of big games coming up and I'm sure the big players will be ready for that. There's, there's a couple of negative questions coming up in a row now and it's just to kind of preempt them. Um, City are a magnificent football team and, you know, Harry and Ali have summed it up perfectly there for me. Um, there's nothing to be overly concerned about. We are, this is, we are spoiled beyond belief. But um, this is, you know, we, we, we talk about this every week. City win 4-0, 5-0, we do a podcast, we talk about how amazing kind of Bernardo Silva is, you know, every week. So right now I do think it is justified to just 
kind of just ask a couple of questions and say, you know, are we concerned right now? How is things? Just kind of, you know, kick the tyres as it were. So there's a couple more negative questions, but then, you know, we'll kind of get back onto maybe some positives. So Howard, if there is anything to be concerned about right now, what is it? Oh, I got the short straw, didn't Sorry. I? Sorry, yes, you did. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're missing a striker, so... <laughs> 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 You know, I think it's ba- I think balance is a bit off. Uh, I argue with Asan about this all the time. I'm just like, you know, if like City play badly and eight players have a bad game, mm. I refuse to accept that eight players are just out of form. I think this finely tuned machine that Pep has working 98% of the time just isn't working. The balance and the interaction between the players and so on just isn't quite right. You know, we could argue for hours and hours like, can Bernard, uh, can Gundogan play with Rodri and Kevin De Bruyne? You know, little things like that. Because when you're in the Premier League against uh, a team like Crystal Palace, you're not playing, you know, there's such fine lines. You're 2% off. They will take advantage of that. So I'm not, sh- the thing that concerns me a bit is just finding that, that making that system work again where everyone knows their place. So, I was going to say a few of our best players this season have just not quite at the, you know, like Bernardo, Rodri, Cancelo are all off their peak at the moment, I would say. Maybe just because it's the grind of an an intense nine-month season. Yeah. But I think they can easily get it back once they've, I don't think the fatigue are absolutely worn out, or maybe they are a bit because it's mental as well as physical a season. I just think maybe a bit of fine-tuning you could see the team that went that that won twelve on the row, however many it was, but even during that winning run, there were some close shaves in games, mm. a lot of them. So I don't think we've really. I think the system's better than ever, but I think I don't know if we're going to discuss the future. I think the squad isn't quite complete, and that's the worry in a way. You could lose. You could probably name three or four players if we lose them two months injury it could really expose this squad quite a lot. Now, obviously, a top-class player will come back in, but as far as the system and mm, how that I works, I think yeah. there are key players now that we really, you know, you're absolutely crossing your fingers that they can stay fit to the end of the season. I, mean, I completely agree with that. The only kind of comeback to that would be that that, it, well, that kind of applies to every team. Um, it just hasn't yeah. really applied to us yeah. so well, much. Well, it's Pep's tight squad, it? isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in, Small, in times past, squad. Yeah, yeah, it is a case where it hasn't applied to us as much as other teams. Now it possibly does. Um, Harry, Liverpool's a big concern for me. It's not so much with City. I'll always back City, but mm. Liverpool are looking really good. I know they struggled against Forest, but it's a fact that they brought in Diaz and it's really freshened yeah. up their front three. Whereas we let Torres go. I, I can't get past that, and I know the reasons behind Torres. I know all that, but. If I just look at it through that kind of simplistic prism of, you know, they brought in an attacker who freshened up their attack, we yeah. let one of our attackers go. Um, is that the same kind of concern for you, like kind of Liverpool's the fact that they've always got someone who will pull them out of it? They'll always have Salah, they'll always have Mane. It's almost like they take it in turns to be good on one particular day. Mm. That concerns me. No, yeah, it's exactly what I said before, right? They they, they have a, a selection of five players up there now that are sort of all coming on and performing at this moment in time, and that is the real concern that 
when the sort of first choice front three uh, are struggling, they have someone that can come off the bench and score them a goal. I mean, the last couple of weeks, I mean, I've been immensely impressed with with Jota this season. Yeah. I mean, he's been one of my absolute favourites in the Premier League this season. And But even the last couple of weeks, he's been on the bench, but he's come off the bench and, and scored goals that's won him games and, and has been just genuinely terrific again. Um, and I just don't, like I said before, I just don't feel like we're getting that with City. I mean, it's took... Obviously, we were 2-1 up with that penalty, but it took Mares and Foden coming off the bench at the weekend for us to sort of secure that victory. Um, and I think it's just about that. I think we're conditioned by Liverpool's form at the moment. Liverpool are on a City-esque run in terms of putting together a series mm. of wins that have gotten back into the title race. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it is a concern, but again, you know, if they go on an incredible run, there's nothing you can do. Um, but... And then again, it's still in our hands. We've just got to focus on ourselves and sort of, like you say, take it a game at a time. And of course, we have got that meeting with them coming up that we can sort of put a bit of distance between us. And in the same way, I think they've got Watford, Anthony at home next. So obviously mm. they'll still be on that winning run when they come to us. We could end that and maybe that sort of stutters a bit of the momentum. I just don't... I don't think they're as invincible, maybe, as, as people are, are pointing out. There's obviously still some issues defensively. They are sort of quite easy to get in behind at this moment in time. They've still got, obviously, a fantastic uh, array of quality back there and, and a fantastic keeper who, you know, you saw his quality in that Nottingham Forest game. He made a, a great save. and the, uh, Not the, the Nottingham Forest game, sorry, the Arsenal game. He made a great save from Odegaard and then two minutes later they go down the other end and score Liverpool. So that is the sort of difference at the moment. But you'd hope with City, a better quality team, they'd be sort of more clinical in behind with them. Okay, well, let's kind of look more to the positives now. Um, Ali, aside from the kind of obvious shout of Diaz, who, you know... I know he's injured, of course, but he's also not at his peak right now. Laporte concern too for me. So it's at the back where I'm a bit worried. But aside from Ruben Diaz and Kevin De Bruyne, who do you want to see have a really big month in the month ahead? Who, who does City need to really step up now? Okay, I'll answer that. But before I do, I have to mention that Liverpool are looking ahead to a game against Man United in the midst of all the games against us in Champions League. Yeah quarterfinals and, and all the rest of it, uh, which is a massive thing for them. Um, because you know how we, uh, derbies make our stomachs turn for weeks ahead. Uh, playing United is worse for Liverpool. They, they, it means so much to them and their fans. And, and I don't care how bad United are and how comical their league position is at the moment. Um, that is a huge factor in, in the run of games that Liverpool have got coming up ahead. And even in the games against us, they will be nervous about that one too. Uh, so that's another factor, uh, to, to mm. give us some cause for concern. But in terms of, uh, back to our team and who I would like to play, I have got one, um, I, I am issuing one prayer or plea, uh, to Pep Guardiola, uh, which is, uh, midfield of, Rodri, De Bruyne, and Bernardo, and no fucking about with anything else. <laughs> let's let's not play uh, Gundogan as a as a uh, standing um, holding midfielder. Uh, let's not try experimenting with four midfielders. Let let's just go with the recipe that we now know works. Um, and admittedly, it wasn't we, we we did play that against uh, Palace, and it, it didn't quite fire. But it is far and away our best lineup. Um, I think if we've got uh, those three in midfield, um, the the defence almost picks itself, depending who is and is not fit. Um, you know, once Diaz is back, uh, I'm absolutely happy with either Stones or or Laporte playing alongside him, depending who the opposition is. No problem with that. 
Um, I'd also be quite happy for Zinchenko to come in and, and play a game uh, along the way or two, um, just to to help keep the the uh, the the mix fresh. Mm. Uh, and then the front three, I assume that Phil Foden will start just about every game because he deserves to, and he uh, is almost invariably our, our best player up front when he does. Um, but beyond that, I'm, I'm quite happy with a bit of rotation um, amongst the wingers and who plays where uh, with Grealish and Sterling and Mares and Jesus uh, all dancing in and around, coming in and out, playing thirty minutes or sixty minutes or whatever. I'm fine with any of the combinations, depending you know which game we are and how Pep wants to see it. Uh, but that you know that uh, absolute uh, creative hub at the centre of the pitch uh, with Bernardo buzzing around everywhere. Uh, I really want to see it, and I don't want it being messed up with any any uh, jiggery pokery, please. Pep. <laughs> okay. Um- Howard, from a psychological standpoint, um, City have been there, seen that, uh, walk got the T-shirt. Um, so there's no, there's no concerns there, is there? I mean, but, uh, what I really liked was after the Palace game, the reaction of the players, the anger on their faces, the response mm. from Kevin De Bruyne, and you thought, they're going to kick back here, they're going to take it out on someone, which they duly did. You'd expect psychologically for for us, perhaps have the advantage over Liverpool even, um, as regards to the running. No, I don't. Sorry, but no, I don't. Think, I don't. I agree. Yeah, I don't. They're not mentally weak or anything like that. Yeah, uh, these are players who have been there, as you say. They've got the experience, but I don't think they've got an advantage. I think all this, all this talk. I mean, talking about one team having an advantage over another, I just don't think it exists at all. Between I the mean, two of them, yeah, because because well, psychoanalyze so play, teams playing first and having them, I, right. I don't think the players matter. Do you think the players will be? I think the City players against Burnley won't even take note of the Liverpool Watford game. They'll assume Liverpool have won, and they know they have to win. That doesn't really matter for them, and I don't think it matters the order of the games. Liverpool ha- thrive on belief. Mm. And they've got it at the moment. They're not some great invincibles. You've seen like teams missing sitters against them repeatedly, but they've got they won that one and they've got that belief that they win. So they'll go into games confident, and City players will go into games confident, and it'll be very very fine lines. So I think Liverpool got Everton as well, have they not? So yes, another did, big yeah. game yep. against someone who's unfortunately rubbish. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, it's big games like that. Yeah, the form can go out the window. So there's just there's so many twists and turns. I can't see Liverpool winning all the games. I can't see City winning all the games with the schedules they've got. I don't think any team has a huge psychological advantage or an advantage with the fixture list. But City do have a small advantage points-wise, a small advantage with the fixture list, and they're just mar- marginal favourites, I think. But who knows we're talking about multiple competitions here yeah. and in a way once the FA Cup semi-final comes around that you may actually see both managers make big changes for that trophy because it's the least important of the three so who knows what's around the corner is what I'd say but no I don't think either team has a big psychological advantage and if they do it just takes one result one result you didn't see coming bad result and it totally flips everything on its head anyway Okay. Um, Harry, which players have come into form? Which players have impressed you mm. this past month? I mean, for me, I think Phil has really 
I was slightly concerned about Phil for a good four or five weeks, um, and he's really starting to put it put in some showings. Um, anyone else comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Kevin De Bruyne for me because sort mm. of any worries I had around him around the new year, I think we discussed it on this pod so numerous times. I've just completely and utterly evaporated. Um, he's back to somewhere near his absolute best for me, um, and even in games where we've dropped points, he's. He's just been an absolute driving force between anything we've created. Um, and I do think he has got a few big moments in him to come towards the end of the season. But I just also want to give my weekly shout out to, to John Stones. I think it's just that, you know, we, we sort of touched on Laporte and his sort of form being a concern. I think Stones is just one of the most underrated central defenders sort of in the Premier League. And I think, you know, we had a, a fantastic 2021 for both club and country. And I think sort of going back to what you said before about wanting players in the team I want John Stones in the team for all the big games and I think his farmers deserve to be in the team for that yeah good shout out <laughs> yeah um, okay well let's kind of end by looking at the internationals which are on our doorstep um, Ali is there any kind of games that kind of stand out to you any what just from a kind of an individual perspective kind of particularly interest you well I'm obviously keeping a close eye on Wales Thank you. Uh, congratulations on last <laughs> <Thank> night. <you. laughs> I think thank you like I had some part in it. It's a good, it's a good free kick, that, Steve. Thank you. Yes, yes, I meant it. Yes, yes. It was a bit good, didn't it? Uh, and, of course, uh, I, I'm, we, we were, for everyone's benefit, we were chatting about this on WhatsApp last night. But um, as, a, as a proud Scotsman, I am very happy to take it on the chin we will take on the burden of having to beat Ukraine <laughs> and be the yeah. most unspeakable monsters in the history of world football yeah. by putting out the brave Ukrainians when we, uh, if and when we get to play them in June uh, in order to go on and and, uh, and meet Wales in a playoff final, which would be very exciting. Um, in, in amongst all the... the uh, I guess celebrations and, and, and the... What do you call it? The, the seriousness of the situation underlying it all. There's something quite nice as a Scotland fan uh, mm. that I can go into this. Well, hopefully, semi-final it will be allowed to be played somehow, um, and then potentially a, a game after that. And whatever the final result, uh, if Scotland go out and Ukraine eventually goes go through, then I would be able to be very very happy for Ukraine. If Scotland go out and Wales were to go through, I could just about find it in myself to be really happy for Wales and, and for you, Steve. Thank um, you. And yeah, and, and at least the uh, yeah the Celtic nation would be there represented at the World Cup, yes. which would be very important for me and give me something to cheer. And you know, this is a this is a lot more enjoyable as a as a playoff experience than when we came up against England in 1999 or whenever it was, uh, which was, God, that was grim. Uh, so, yeah, as, as World Cup playoff situations go, uh, as a Scotsman, this is a pretty good one at the moment. Um, and, of course, we are now all North Macedonians. Uh, so, got that one to look forward to next week. Yeah, yeah um, incredible. Can, can you imagine if North Macedonia were to put Portugal out as well? <laughs> I mean, bless you, uh, Bernardo and Casello. I would love to see Diaz. I would love to see you at a World Cup, but I would love to see North Macedonia put Ronaldo <laughs> out so much more. They'd get, they'd get a midwinter break, wouldn't they? If uh, absolutely, they would. Yeah, it'd, it'd help City, but they wouldn't be in a good mood. I was all set up for Portugal against Italy. Uh, Next Tuesday, I think it yes, has been, yeah. and now, yeah, um, Turkey missed a late penalty, so it, it could have been neither of them <laughs> being there next yeah. Tuesday. Uh, they should have made it two all late on in the game, Turkey. So it's a 
a shame we won't be seeing that. So, but yeah, I think Italy had thirty-five shots and four of them were on target. So, absolutely. yeah, two, two World Cups in a row that won't have Italy there. Uh, but in the middle of it, they become European champions. So. <laughs> Uh, funny old game, isn't it? Harry, it is a funny old game. Fucking <laughs> England, eh? England, eh? Oh, so, so, uh, well, <laughs> Harry has... Scotland play Ukraine in June, I think. But yes. I, I yeah. did hear a rumour that Ukraine might get a pass, a bye to the finals, but logistically, I'm not sure how that would happen. So I assume if the game can go ahead in June, that won't happen, and yeah. they'll just let, the, yeah, yeah. let it play out yeah. in June. So... I, what, what a shame it is, though, that Russia didn't qualify straight off the bat for uh, for the finals, um, and they're no, they should have been in a playoff position as well. Because had they been in the thirty-two, it would yes. be so easy yeah. to just kick Russia mm-hmm. out and, and stick Ukraine in their yeah. place. And how beautiful would that have been for everyone all, all the way around? But yeah, it was not to be. I mean, they're still brazen enough to make a bid to host Euro two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> Unbelievable. I would put it past you, for to award it to them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harry, will you be watching both England games this week? Oh, no, because it lost any credibility when they called up Fraser Forster. Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, I, I probably I probably will. I probably will. I'm very hypocritical. Um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the squad is just completely and utterly depleted. I say depleted. Clubs are pulling out players for yes. the running, aren't they? Like yeah. that's what that's what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, apart from City, of course. Um, I mean, I suppose the only one really I'm excited to see in an England shirt is Tyreek Mitchell um, because I think England's left back spot is massively up for grabs at the moment. Yeah, we're chill out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're chill out, and, and Shaw's form has just absolutely dropped off a cliff since that Euros final. Mm. Um, so I think there is a massive chance for him to sort of impress uh, in these like, two games and he kept Riyad Mahrez quiet and not many pl- uh, players have been able to do that recently so you know he's massively impressed me but the squad is just so I don't even know what that squad is it's just such a mixture of players and players that have been omitted and then players have gone on mail and then players who are somewhat injured yeah it's just a bit of a mess well Mitchell is just a tackling machine but he's terrible going forward so you can expect Man United to put an £80 million pound bid in <laughs> in the summer <laughs> <laughs> we were linked with him yesterday so oh Christ <laughs> right lads time to wrap things up I really enjoyed today uh, Ali thanks a lot for joining us always a pleasure Harry thanks mate cheers mate Howard cheers well yeah rare pleasure to come on the fire show really yes enjoyed. always thank welcome. you very much thank you um, that's a wrap for today folks we're off to continue our petitioning to have Scott Carson reinstated as England's number one <laughs> in the meantime take care of yourselves be well and forever up the treble chasing blues <laughs>